The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the U.S. Dead Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, Adam, uh, we're past the All-Star break. We're done looking back at the first half of the season. We're on to new and hopefully better things. First of all, how are you on this lovely Tuesday morning where anyone is in the world? I don't know if it is lovely where anyone is in the world. It's quite a big statement. I'm I'm good though. You know, we've got the second half optimism already ringing true. Not too far off starting things off with a sweep. Um, but good good feelings, good vibes. That's I think what the Brewers are bringing. The rest did all of us well. Certainly was needed and. I won't say the offense was always there when needed in this this series, but it was mostly there when needed, and that is welcome. Yeah, I think this was, you know, very very nearly got that sweep, and I was going to uh, start off the podcast with a special surprise uh, bit. Had that happened, maybe we wait for the next sweep. I'm not going to tell you what it was. It's just going to hit you when you least expect it, or actually when you most expect it. I got to expect it come. Yeah, whenever a sweep happens, or if they trade for once, so we'll either or we'll we'll see how that ends up shaking out. But yeah, 
a series uh, where the Brewers took care of business and did what they needed to do. Very, very almost got that sweep, loading the bases in the ninth inning of game four, but it was not to be. Uh, a lot of resilience shown in this series because there was, you know, they're playing a bad team, but they're put in some adverse situations, bounced back in them and got big hits when they needed to, uh, got out of jams when they needed to, and just really kept things rolling. And in a setting where they really needed to bounce back, I think it was important that they did so, and they, they took care of business. I mean, going into the All-Star break, coming off the heels of losing three out of four to the Giants, I've seen the, the lead in the NL Central dwindle to a half a game. They come into the series against Colorado, take three out of four on a weird Thursday to or Friday to yeah, Thursday to Monday series. Sorry. Or no, fr- no Friday to Monday. Good Lord. Why do I not know what calendars look like Friday to Monday? Weird four game set. Uh, normally it's Thursday through Sunday when we see those type of, type of things. So that's why my brain is broken. And that goes up against the Cardinals facing off in, against the Cincinnati Reds. And then you come out of this stretch and you've extended your lead in the division by a game and a half. You'll take that every day. So uh, a really Nice to see series that the the Brewers just did what they needed to do. Uh, got things started off in one of those stressful situations. Corbin Burns takes them out against Antonio Sensatella. Burns not his sharpest, but battled through it. Five innings pitched, six hits, two runs, both of them earned, two walks and five strikeouts. Uh, Brewers fell behind in this game. First run came on a Charlie Blackman homer in the third inning. Uh, Willie Adamas and Andrew McCutcheon answered very quickly with homers of their own in the third. Willie's a solo shot. McCutcheon's a two-run shot that scored routing to Les. And then the Rockies would equalize. I'm going to use soccer terms here, I guess, in the sixth <laughs> inning with a um, a double by the catcher. And then this one would uh, go scoreless for a while. And it was a collision course heading for Manfred Ball that, that we would get to. One of you know my least favorite things in the world got some really – uh, good bullpen performances from Brad Boxberger and Devin Williams. Devin comes in on the heels of his all-star game appearance and does what Devin does, throws a scoreless inning and strikes out three batters. Uh, a positive development for Josh Hader comes in for an inning, walks one batter um, and has two strikeouts. I think it's safe to say we're not out of the woods yet uh, on what the second half of the season will look like for Josh Hader because he would struggle in another game in the series. But overall, uh, Really good performance from the bullpen, bullpen, and then we get to Manfred Ball where anything can happen, and anything did happen for uh, Yandel Gustave coming into that 10th inning, allowing runs on a single from Charlie Blackman and a Brendan Rodgers sack fly, and this is when things got really fun after getting out of uh, the rest of that inning. Uh, I believe Hobie Milner came in to clean things up for one out in the 10th and then would pitch a scoreless 11th. Uh, Hunter Renfro tied things up in the 10th with a dramatic two-run homer that he absolutely crushed. Hunter Renfro had an amazing series. Um, then I want to—I really want to shout out Brent Suter, who had a tremendous series, and this one is was the most impressive outing of the bunch, I'm going to say. The, the weirdness of these extra inning rules, you're coming into games with a runner on to start things. The, the level that you're starting at, it's almost like a win if you only give up one run. And he comes in there and – Fires a scoreless 12th and a scoreless uh, 13th, I believe, as well. And then that allows the Brewers to win the game on a 13th inning walk-off bloop single from Luis Arias. 
a game where this team had their backs up against the wall several times and just managed to find a way to get things done. Uh, really exciting, fun game, really stressful game, and a great way to start off the second half of the season. Yeah, my big shout-out goes to Hunter Renfro, which we'll be doing a whole lot more of that. But Waits set the tone for what will hopefully be a colossal second half of the season for him. It was certainly Waits set the tone for what's to come in the series because, you know, it's as much as man for ball gives you a chance, always gives you a chance um, going two runs behind at any point in a game is not not the best spot for the Brewers to be in, even less so when it is extra innings. You're like, okay, well, the offense needs to happen now. And as he kind of did throughout this series, Renfro stepped up, absolutely crushed one. And as much as like Luis Rios gets to to bask in the glory of the walk-off, the, the real heavy lifting and keeping you there, giving you a chance offensively was from Hunter Renfro. So... That was a lot of fun to see and hopefully a sign of what's to come over the back half of the season and beyond because he's looking really good right now. How about just let's look after those hamstrings and let's not pick up any more injuries under Renfro because that's been the problem for the past couple of months. Again, you had to give up some some prospects, but you also uh, get off of Jackie Bradley Jr.'s contract. I think that was just such a tremendous pickup by Stearns and company in the offseason especially if you want to make the direct comparison to who Renfro is actually replacing in the lineup when he's healthy. And that's Avisel Garcia, who's having a really tough season. So just great pickup. And I want to call out that came with two outs in the 10th. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's as clutch as it gets. Your Adamas starts the inning on second, uh, Rowdy Telez line out and then McCutcheon pop out. You need two runs there. You drive in two runs, a game the Brewers easily could have lost if Renfro didn't step up in the moment. And then uh, Luis Arias, like you said, gets to bask in the glory, um, drives in the run in the 13th, and and the Brewers win. Uh, just a, uh, a fun game. If you were watching this game, not a fan of either team. I don't know why you would have been on, on Friday night, but if you were very entertaining, if you just were, were uh, dropping by on a MOB Network live look-in. Brewers only come alive when there's two outs anyway, just to your point. I mean, there's plenty of other examples of that in this series. The numbers overall for the season, as was highlighted many times across this series, um, also back that up. Uh, if the Brewers could, you know, just always be dealing with two outs, if they could come to the plate with two outs, just every single guy, maybe the results would be a lot better, Andrew. It's like uh, a family member who is always late to a gathering and you need to just tell them you're meeting 15 minutes before you're actually planning on meeting. Just kind of do that with the brewers. Just say, Hey, there's two outs. They changed the rules. Moving on to game two. Some interesting notes before the game. Someone that'll factor into conversation later before this game, we got news that Aaron Ashby uh, signed an extension pregame. So five years, 20 and a half million guaranteed could end up being 46 million over seven years. We'll talk more about this later, but the, Brewers locking up a young, controllable arm with upside and uh, exciting that he'll uh, be a Brewer for the foreseeable future. Also signed former San Francisco Giant, Tampa Bay Ray, among other teams, Jake McGee. So having a McGee in the fold, obviously nice. Good luck, (laughs) improves things, you know. 
Yep. And uh, a guy who was really, really good last year for the Giants, really good during the shortened season for the Dodgers, had some good seasons with the Rays early in his career. I'm contractually required to call out at one point was a Durham Bull player when he was a Tampa Bay Ray farmhand. And the Brewers think they're going to work their magic again on taking a a bullpen arm who's maybe had some struggles or not maximized their potential in recent years and turn them around. And so far, so good uh, on that news. Uh, But yeah, an interesting move. Brandon Woodruff would take the mound in this game against old friend Jose Urania, uh, hoping to continue his trend of being dominant and lower RA after a tough start of the season. And he did it again, six innings pitch, uh, just the one run on four hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. The run came in the first inning. And from then on, he settled down very nicely. Um, I mean, having that one, two punch of Burns and Woodruff just, at the level they're at right now is impressive. It's to the point where all oh, Burns goes five innings, two earned runs. Uh, oh, that was disappointing because of the standard these guys are just living on right now. And so another great start from Burns or Woodruff there. Uh, Hunter Renfro uh, homers again in the fourth inning, a three-run homer, his second of the series. In the sixth, Colton Wong makes it 4-1 Brewers with a single. Uh, the sixth inning was when this game kind of would, would break open. For the Brewers, a five-run six. Uh, Victor Caratini would follow the Wong single with a double, scoring a pair of runs. Uh, a Luis Arias walk with the bases loaded would score a run. And then a Christian Yelich infield single would score the fifth run of that inning, make it 8-1 Brewers. From then on, it was a uh, a pretty cozy game. Uh, Jose Urania, old friend who we had been wanting to get out of Milwaukee since the moment uh, he allowed his first run. At first, or it looked like we were going to get that Jose Urania revenge game. He throws three scoreless, and then it all comes apart, as we would have expected. Five and a third innings pitch, six hits, six runs, five of them earned, two walks, five strikeouts, and the homer Renfro. Adam, it, we were nervous for a little bit, watching the zeros pile up, and then we got what we expected. And I think it was, it was just like uh, everything falling into place, and everything was right with the world. Yeah, there is maybe not a – a brewery this season who we've been more critical of than Jose Reina and his time with the team. So having seen that in his, whatever it was, two, three appearances so far with the Rockies, that he'd actually been good. And then seeing him come out looking very confident to try and three scoreless. I was a little alarmed, but, you know, normal service was resumed. He is who we thought he was. Um, I don't know if it was the sight of AmFam that just got to him again, but yeah, the Brewers are better off for having made that decision early in the season, and they certainly don't come out of this one with any regrets on it. Absolutely. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Bullpen, for the most part, following Woodruff was really good for the Brewers here. A scoreless inning from Trevor Gott and the first of two scoreless innings this weekend from Jake McGee. If there, if this were, uh, uh, never mind, I won't spoil anything. Uh, Connor Sadzik uh, had a tough inning late. Uh, he would allow three runs in the ninth on three hits. Um, and he would be DFA'd on Monday to make room for Ethan Small. So tough outing for Sadzik, but for the most part, good good game for the Brewers. Uh, they would add a ninth run in the bottom of the eighth inning on a tie run Taylor single. CJ Cron homered off Sadzik in the ninth, and as did Daza, who, uh, you know, uh, interesting player. Uh, I think uh, he he came to the plate a few times and, and struck some fear into me, even though he was batting eighth. So uh, moving on from this game, the Brewers would get a 9-4 win and send us into Sunday's game three, which was a wild back and forth Um and started by Eric Lauer. Tough day for Lauer. It looked like at some points that he he was going to have it. He started off the first inning strong, and then things unraveled, not to the point where the game was untenable, but he didn't really have it. Four and a third innings pitch, six hits, four runs, all of them earned, three walks, three strikeouts, and a home run. So uh, walks and homers are the things that go wrong when it goes wrong for Lauer and had three walks one homer that kind of is the name of the game when he struggles um he had been in a good run of form so uh you know you're you're allowed to struggle now and then uh brewers got the the scoring started in this one so this is another game where i i want to say that resilience really came into play because they got the lead they blew leads and then they didn't let it keep them from winning the game uh Willie Adamas sack fly in the first gets things started. Luis Arias double scores McCutcheon and Colton Wong also in the first, and it's 3-0 Brewers after the first. I was able in our group chat to make uh, Chad cool jokes uh, while this was going on, so I thought it was very cool of Chad to allow those runs to the Brewers early in the game. Uh, Adam, I assume in the moment you rolled your eyes, but I didn't have a camera on you 
when I was sending these things to you on, on a beautiful Sunday while you were watching golf. I died. I don't even know if I saw it. I'll be honest. <laughs> wow. Heartbreaking. Uh, as I said, the Rockies would claw back in the second. Randall Gritchett single makes it 3-1. Charlie Blackman single makes it 3-2. And then in the third inning, that man again extending the lead out. Hunter Renfro hits his third homer of the series, scoring himself and Colton Wong. Makes it 5-2. At that point, I was thinking the Lauer bounce back uh, would be in full effect. We were past all of the uh, the scary moments, and the Brewers would win this game easily. Was not to be Chris Bryant, who had uh, a good series. The big, obviously, off-season signing for the Colorado Rockies. Former Cub, former Giant briefly, uh, homers and scoring himself and Connor Joe to make it 5-4. A Diaz single in, in the sixth makes it 5-5. Connor Joe ground out makes it 6-5. And in the sixth, so leaving the sixth inning, it's 6-5 Rockies. And this game is just giving me whiplash all, all throughout the day. Uh, my wife, I remember at that point, standing over my shoulder while Tyron Toters at the plate. She's like, why do you look so stressed? I'm like, I don't know. It's it's J- July baseball, and I'm just so stressed. And then Tyrone Taylor homers to right center field, and I just let some celebratory expletives fly. Does um does your wife often just wonder what is what is going on? What is going on with her husband? You know, only wears Milwaukee Brewers clothes. Um, why does he care so much? Just how how did all this happen? I won't say where did it all go wrong. It may well be a case of where did it all go right. But is, is this something that she often has to find herself wondering aloud? I think initially she was like, "How did this take root so quickly?" And then I think if if you watch a game like like Friday or like Sunday or even like last night. It's so clear just the, what this team can do to a person. Uh, a 6-6 game after the sixth inning, just both teams fighting back. It's like two boxers and neither one of them are ready to yield and go down for the count. A uh, Diaz single in the seventh, again, a guy that I thought had a really good series um, along with Chris Bryant and Daza. Uh, that would make it eight, six. We go to the seventh. Uh, I want to call out Craig council for a great, uh, pinch hit move in the seventh inning. Uh, Colton Wong getting the start against the right-handed starter had a nice game, went one for three, scored two runs, but then in a big situation against a left-handed reliever where they needed someone to come in and drive a run, he pinch hits Brasso. Brasso delivers with a double, um, to make it eight, seven. The eighth inning was incredibly exciting. Probably, uh, if if Luis Arias had not uh, hit a walk-off in, in the 13th inning, this would have been the inning of the series just because of... Uh, honestly, I think it is. I, I think it's actually one of the more exciting innings of the season, um, just in terms of the, the ebb and flow of the game and the game kind of being as crazy as it was. And I think the, the person who ultimately delivers the knockout blow here his celebration, his reaction speaks to that. I think it's one of the best Brewers images of the season is his celebration. And again, again, it comes down to something you called out earlier is this offense waiting to click on when there's two outs. Yep. Uh, Caratini grounds out, Taylor grounds out, Yelich walks, Adamas singles. And then with two outs, with with runners on, when you need a big hit, Rowdy Teles comes through in the clutch with a single to tie the game. And then Andrew McCutcheon, again with two outs, doubled at deep center field, scores Adamas and Telez. Brewers lead 10-8. Uh, 
And as you mentioned, a- Andrew McCutcheon, just the emotion he shows in that moment shows how important it was. Yeah, a really, really fun. Genuinely right up there, best moments of the season um, for me. And that's that's pretty cool. I, I like to see that so early in the second half. We've talked about the ups and downs, but to one battle through all of the the lead changes, I guess, throughout this series and to fight through the close games and to ultimately come out in very good shape from it, if not with a sweep. I think it says something about where this team is at, the energy they still have and their kind of their excitement and engagement to go and really make a push. And let's go and make sure we're a postseason team and let's let's not kind of uh, limit limit expectations to just that either. I, I think that's one thing from that reaction and from this series so far. It's like, yeah, this team still means business. They they have loftier goals than necessarily their play at times of the first half suggested are capable, but that doesn't mean that a big turnaround isn't on the cards in the rest of the season. Yeah, and I I think um that can be shown even in some of the post game comments that McCutcheon um had made. I can't find can't find it right now, but it boiled down to basically like uh we know who we are as a team. We know what we can do when things are going right and we're never scared of the moment. And so I think that's just another thing that McCutcheon signing brought to this team is that the mindset of a veteran player who's seen everything you can see in the game of baseball, except I think like a deep playoff run for McCutcheon or definitely, I don't think he's won a world series um, and someone that's really hungry for that. So that was nice to see uh, ninth inning. Josh Hader would come on. This outing was a little scarier than the last one starts the inning with two strikeouts, a deep, Triple to center field that was almost a home run for Garrett Hampson follows. Adas, a single to right, makes it 10-9 Brewers. And then he gets Chris Bryant to ground out on an excuse me check swing where Hayter would run it to the base. And I believe at the last second, flip it to Rowdy Tellez to, to seal the 10-9 win. Crazy game, resiliency, big eighth inning, another uh, Hunter Renfro homer, which uh, felt like you could go into the every game this series and it was like the the free space on a bingo card uh a nice win uh makes it two out of or three games in a row to start the series heading into a monday night finale and the nature of a four game series adam is we just talk 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 and talk and recapping these games next podcast will be a two game series wrap up so we'll have a little more time to breathe and talk about things more generally uh but we're also going to get a chance to do that in this game because there was not a lot to talk about uh aaron ashby takes the mound against Kyle Freeland, and Ashby delivers what is the best outing of his season, I would say. He was absolutely tremendous. Um, started the game hot with, with two scoreless innings, allows a solo homer in the third. Uh, in the fifth, uh, a series that goes single, stolen base, ground out, sack fly, makes it 2 nothing Rockies. Uh, Ashby ends up going seven innings in this game, five hits, one run, or one walk, excuse me, two runs, nine strikeouts, a career high in innings picks pitched and pitches uh, a Kurt Hogg tweet mentioned that Aaron Ashby had fit 45 called and swinging strikes that night the most by a Brewers pitcher in an outing this year um, Sophia Minner mentioned that five of his nine strikeouts came on his slider he was excellent and he just shows what makes him so tantalizing as a starting pitcher option we have conversations 
weekly basically about where is his best spot going to be. We've always thought that this season it's in the bullpen, but because of injuries, he's been forced into starting duty. But it just shows you that, like, he's signed to a long-term contract now. Aaron Ashby, unless there's some crazy trade that happened, is going to be a brewer. And what he ends up being long-term, there's some flexibility there, and there's a way you can build towards that. Even if he ends this season in the playoffs in the pen because everybody returns back healthy, there's still that, I think, the long-term goal there and the – like the just showing you what he will look like at his best form. And that's still in there. And that even if it takes you a few seasons to get to the point where he's doing that on a nightly basis, that's in there. And that's really exciting to see. There's no doubting what the Brewers would like him to be. And it's a starter. Um, and particularly with him now tied down on this contract and some of the contracts and um, tough conversations that will come for the Brewers in regards to starting pitching in the time between now and the end of Aaron Ashby's contract. I, I think they would like to cycle through and have him as an X-man up. I don't want to talk or think too much about what the consequences of that would be and uh, who may make way, but this is how the Brewers operate. We know how they work and we have a pretty good sense of what their vision would likely be. So I think that's what they'd like. In the now, he just needs to be more consistent than he has been at times this season. This was a really, really impressive outing for him. Um, whether it's later in the season in the bullpen or if it's starting, you just need more, more reliable games from him. Like He is one of your better pitchers in terms of he's got really nasty stuff. He probably should have better outcomes than he's necessarily always had this season. And if he could start to deliver on that, which is a little bit more consistency, it's a big deal. And it, it gives the Brewers another really valuable weapon and it buys them a bit more breeding room. We talk so much about how they rely on their, their pitching staff to be perfect, game in, game out. This is a good example of it. <laughs> it doesn't matter how perfect your, your pitching is at this game if you don't score any runs as we'll, we'll work our way through that's going to be a problem but as a team it it helps the more consistent he is knowing you've got Devin on the other side we're hoping we're going to see something more like um the Josh Hader we all know and love very very soon but with Corbin Burns and Woody if it's like if it isn't the bullpen down the line and Freddie Brault's back it's like just all of a sudden you get you take steps closer to really rounding it out and giving yourself the best chance possible in the postseason of just, you know, a few hot bats and that's all that matters. You know, you get a, a run like Hunter Renfro's had in this series. And if the Brewers pitching is as good as it can be, technically there isn't any team that the Brewers couldn't beat. Yep. And uh, the, the issue with this game is Ashby just met his mash, Kyle Freeland was was great seven innings pitched four hits no runs one walk seven strikeouts through 99 pitches and seven innings of work just a great outing he's a guy that has had ups and downs through his career he was a first round pick eighth overall pick his best season came in 2018 where he was uh 17 and 7 with a 285 era and finished fourth in Cy Young voting came in uh seventh in rookie of the year voting his rookie year of 2017 uh, had a pretty decent year during the COVID-shortened season, 
was okay last year. Some of his numbers are obviously going to be elevated because he pitches a lot of games in Coors Field. But he's got great stuff, and he has the ability to be the pitcher that we saw last night. So it ended up being just one of those nights. Uh, yeah, the Brewers, so seven innings from Ashby. Uh, Brewers unable to score. We get to the ninth inning after scoreless innings from Jake McGee again and Brent Suter. And the ninth inning, it looked like there was going to be a breakthrough. Daniel Bard on the mound trying to secure the save for the Rockies. Uh, Yelich leads off with a single. Adamas reaches on an error by Brendan Rodgers, um, who is familiar with letting things slip. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon flies out. Hunter Renfro bloops out to the second baseman. Rowdy Chalez has a great at-bat to draw a walk. And then Luis Arias with the game on the line hits the ball hard to second base, but could not find a hole. Game ends 2-0, ninth inning rally ball short. Overall, positive result for the Brewers as they take three out of four from the Colorado Rockies, extend their lead to two games in the National League Central. Adam, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, look, would a sweep have been nice? It would. Uh, I think the flip side of that is the Brewers managed to get wins out of a couple of very close games that could easily go the opposite way for you. So you can't be too greedy. Three out of four, we'll take every time. If the Brewers can can do that in the second half, um, they will be in very, very good position by the time the regular season wraps up. Shall we move on to the Master Brewer leaderboard? Let's do it. All right. Uh, so Master Brewer consideration through 97 games. Uh, Brandon Woodruff gets a beer, six, six innings pitched, four hits, one walk, and earned run, eight strikeouts. Aaron Ashby, seven innings pitched, five hits, one walk, two runs, nine strikeouts. Hunter Renfro, six for 18, three home runs, seven RBI, four runs scored. Brent Suter, four innings pitched, one hit, a hit by pitch, no runs, four strikeouts, and I wrote in parentheses, sick pickoff move because he did pick a runner off uh, last night after that hit by pitch. Uh, Colton Wong, six for 16, a double, a walk, four runs, one RBI. Um, great, great series from Wong, who you know we've had discussions about what his long-term future looks like with the with the Brewers, but came up this series. Ryan Telez, four for 17, a double, two uh, walks, three runs, and RBI. And that RBI was a very important one because it came in that eighth inning comeback. Luis Arias, four for 15, a double, three RBI, two runs, and that walk-off single. Andrew McCutcheon, four for 19, two doubles, a homer, four runs, four RBI, and that huge go-ahead double in the magical eighth inning we discussed. There are a couple others we haven't um, given them to here, but probably deserving of a shout-out. Hobie Milner, who has, like, it's become the habit for us to just add Hobie at the last minute. Uh, one and two-thirds innings pitch. No hits, no runs. Uh, three Ks, if I remember correctly. Um, just, it's incredible how good he is. How good he's become. And even thinking back to probably some of the conversations we had in watching him in spring training and then early games of the season. Um, and you look at just some of the ups and downs that are just generally there for bullpen arms. Like this is this series is a good example. Um, on the last episode, I was singing Jandal Gustave's praises for doing a lot of good recently. And he was really bad in this series. 
Brad Boxberger has had his share of struggles recently, and that kind of carried over into this series. We we know what Josh Hader is going through. Listen, I'm knocking on wood here when I say this, but Hobie Milner has just been the picture of consistency. He's so reliable. He looks supremely confident every time he comes into a game. Um, I I don't think we're going to add him here just because like someone like Suter, and you look at the, the number of innings pitched is a big advantage for him overall. Um, four innings pitched is a big deal, and that's probably setting the bar a little bit higher. But we're shouting out Hobie Milner, as has honestly been the case nearly every series now, because he just continues to be really, really great. Yeah, he really has been. Um, one of my favorite stories of the season still is just a guy who like couldn't even be counted on to be reliable. It seemed like, as I mentioned a few times, like maybe his type of role goes out the window as we just stop using um, left-handed specialists with the three batter minimum rule. But instead he has just taken it upon himself to figure out how to be a guy that can get any type of batter out. Doesn't matter right, left. He's not a lefty specialist. He's just a, an out getter. Uh, been a very impressive uh, story for, for Hobie Milner this year. Um, was there anyone else that, kind of you thought would be on the cusp of anything or, or is it just uh, another weekly shout out for Hobie as we are known today? No, just just a shout out for Hobie in another week and another series where there aren't so many guys who come up with crucial clutch hits. He probably finds himself in. Um, it's just that the bar is, is higher with some guys performing at an elite level and even guys who just performed well and coming up with some really big moments. Um, Hunter Renfro worked just kind of shouting out to someone who not a million miles off double master brew points the the very rare two beers here um a tough fourth game is the only thing that robs them of that that feels that feels harsh but i i think the only the only multiple master brew points we've given out so far was for rowdy setting the franchise rbi record so it, it is it is a high um a high bar to clear but no, I mean one one person who's not in contention here. I would have hoped he was after his first outing came b- back pretty clean um, outside of a walk. Josh Hader, have we talked enough about Josh Hader here as someone who I guess we probably should be doing updates pod to pod because it is one of the more important storylines coming into the second half for the Brewers. Um, good to see him get his feet under him in the first game of the series. Um, then pretty disappointing to see him give up a homer in game three. Luckily, the Brewers had a cushion and they managed to get out of that, but not quite what we, we wanted to see from Hayter in terms of building up his confidence and getting a bit of run going. I mean, a save is a save, particularly with the spot he's in. And, you know, if he comes out the other side of it and we get a few clean innings, I, I don't know how much we care about that but just fresh in our mind of what's been happening recently, it would be nice to see him not giving up homers. Uh, through 97 games, the leaderboard, Rowdy Telez leads the way with 13. Corbin Burns hot on his heels with 12. Jace Peterson and Christian Yelich with nine. Andrew McCutcheon joins Willie Adamas with eight. Brandon Woodruff and Josh Hader with seven. Hunter Renfro, Luis Arias, Devin Williams with six. Colton Wong, Hobie Milner, 
Eric Lauer, Tyron Taylor with five. Aaron Ashby, Keston Hira have four. Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander, Freddie Peralta with three. Jonathan Davis, Brad Boxberger, Omar Narvaez, Adrian Hauser, Trevor Gott with two. And Brent Suter joins the club with Luke Barker and Peter Shrezlecki with the single beer. Adam, uh, this next episode, we might have a, a chance to to spread our wings and and talk more openly about things going on and trends because we only have two games for me to just uh, r- run through and just shout play by play about. Are you excited about uh, kind of just having a more free flowing open conversation about baseball? Sure, I guess. I mean, I don't know how excited I am to see the Minnesota Twins again. Um, particularly with the Boston Red Sox, you know, just over the horizon. That's something a little bit different that I, I am quite excited for later in the week. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a two game series, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Good for the pod. We get things started off tonight, Tuesday, July 26th, 7 10 Central start. Ethan Small makes his return to the Milwaukee Brewers. That I am excited about. Uh, only through two and two-thirds innings in his in his debut has not been back since. Great to see him back facing off against Dylan Bundy. No relation to Ted. Uh, Wednesday, July 26th, 110 Central start. Corbin Burns versus Chris Archer. Uh, then we get an off day on Thursday. Head to Boston for three against the Boston Red Sox, who won last night, but they're scuffling right now. Heading into the trade deadline, they're a team who's Immediate results are going to kind of influence if they're buyers or sellers. So potential for the Brewers to force the Red Sox into some hard decisions. After that, three in Pittsburgh and then return home the weekend of uh, August 5th to the 7th against the Reds. So some uh, interesting opponents on the calendar. The Twins, who, as you mentioned, should be just like a regional rival. And then the Red Sox, a historic team play in historic Fenway Park. So your, I guess, first experience of watching a series with your team playing in Fenway. Exactly. I'm excited for it. All right. That does it. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts at Cruising for a Bruising. And um, we're on Twitter at Brewers GSPN. I'm at Adam McGee 11 Andrew's at AC Snide. You should also follow the Eurostep Podcast Network. You should subscribe. That way you'll get all of your Milwaukee Books content. You'll frequently hear Andrew and I on there. Um, and really that's, that's kind of the, the main, the main home for everything, the hub to get all things books, all things brewers, you go to gspn.info, you'll find the links to everything. If you want to sign up to our sub stack, that's where you'll get articles directly to your inbox, including Andrew's master uh, brewer write-ups. Um, if you want to get access to the discord and be able to watch along with brewers games with Andrew and I, when we watch on playback, you'll find the ability to uh, to get in the Discord at gspn.info too. So all the good stuff's there. gspnstore.com, of course, is the other place. You can pick up your Cruiser for a bruising merch. You can support us, support any of the other Eurostep Podcast Network podcasts, and we really appreciate it. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.